to probably the darkest one ounce pour episode you're going to listen to. Uh, if it sounds a little off, it might be because we're coming down from a four day bender and feeling a little hungover and we weren't even thinking about doing the show, but here we are uh, day after my birthday and feeling all of 30 something. Just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Today in the one ounce pour studio, we have Cody in the corner. Hello there. Welcome. <laughs> And he already said he's going to do this entire podcast in a very stern voice, so I'm very excited for that. Um, but before we get too far and too deep into this podcast, let's raise our glass, our little one ounce, chin chin Cody. I think this chin. is the first time you've drank only an ounce in front of me all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And like oh all my good friends, Cody also hasn't listened to the show at all, so... It's going to be a treat to uh, kind of show him live what this show's all about. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy to be here. You know? <laughs> very happy to have been flown in and to uh, enter we, the studio. <laughs> we flew Cody in from Oregon specifically to be here um, just because of his so- soothing and sultry voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in case this is your first time listening, like Cody, let me just explain what this hobby show is about. We're going to discuss a little bit about Cody's hobbies, kind of go into depth about, uh, I'm just kidding. Here's the deal. All of my hobbies, Cody has shared with me, basically. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be mainly just talking about what what we used to get into up in Oregon and how we used to get into trouble. So it's going to be actually a, a fun episode. I'm excited. If you're listening, I hope you're excited. I hope I can, uh bring a little excitement to you today with Cody's smooth and sultry voice. I'm still full on meatloaf. <laughs> Thank you. Meatloaf on a hot summer day brought to you by my mom. Best meatloaf. It really is. It's my birthday present every year, right in the middle of August, to have meatloaf. It's delicious. And we've shared that tradition for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's had my mom's hot meatloaf for quite some time now. Quite some time. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start off with... Drew's Brews Cruise, because uh, actually Cody got to join me on Drew's Brews Cruise a couple days ago to kick off his little vacay here. We actually went to Templin Family Brewery to start, so big shout out to TF Brewery, and uh, I had a Czech Pilsner there that was really good. Cody, what'd you have? Uh, I forgot. You had a dunkle. A dunkle, that's what it was. How would you describe your dunkle? Very tasty. There we go. Very tasty, very delicious. (laughs) And then I think I followed it up with a Ferta. You did. Yeah, you got that double IPA in. I had the Albion, the uh, the Belgian Triple, if you you know know how to pronounce beers instead of uh, Belgian Triple, like I said for 10 years before somebody corrected me. Oh, Triple. Yeah, and then we went to Fisher Brewery. Big shout out Fisher. Then we went to Keto's. Big shout out Keto's. Which, oh man, you got to talk about your beer at Keto's. Oh yeah, the pickle beer. Yeah, and it, it was, was a full pickle beer. It tasted like if I, I don't know how to. I mean, it was just it tasted like a pickle. It but did I taste like a pickle. But it was also a beer. 
It was a beer. Yeah. I added a little hot sauce. And there was hot sauce in it. It all kind of coagulated at the bottom, didn't it? Yeah, that was uh, the worst drink for sure. <laughs> What's that last sip? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we went to B. Wilder, and mm-hmm. that was also... So, out of all the places I took you, where would you say was your favorite? I want to say I liked B. Wilder a lot. That was a fun one. And not only was it a fun one, but... There's some fun cats down there. Yeah, we had some friendly people. We did. We met a guy that uh, had a scratch and sniff tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he had a fresh tattoo and it was all greased up and looking pretty. And uh, we walk in and I was like, oh, cool. New tattoo. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just got it. And I was like, awesome. Is it a scratch and sniff? And he was like, uh, no. Is, it, is that a thing? And I was like, yeah. I got a scratch and sniff tattoo on my knee. And he literally leaned his de- his head down to my knee. And before he got there, he looked up at me and goes, what does it smell like? And I said, shit. <laughs> it was phenomenal. <laughs> that gave me a tattoo idea, though. Um, I think I'm going to get a tattoo on my butt. And I'm going to make it a scratch and sniff tattoo. I would. Yeah. And actually, here's here's how we'll do this. Okay. We'll have a shameless plug right here. If you go to patreon.com forward slash one ounce pour, one OZ pour, and pay us money through our Patreon, I will then use that money to one, make t-shirts and stickers, but also to tattoo a scratch and sniff <laughs> tattoo on my butt. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to follow us on the one ounce pour podcast on Instagram. We're getting quite the following. Mm-mm. Yeah, we're kind of becoming the popular girls I don't in have school. An Instagram. I don't either, but I, I don't know what that is. I now have a one ounce poor Instagram. Mm. Yeah, and I also am having trouble figuring out how it is. But <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's working. It's working. So now that we got that out of the way, let's just jump straight into it because, again, I mean, we lived together for eight years at least. And, uh, most of my hobbies are also Cody's hobbies. One of which I think I want to talk the most about is mushroom hunting. Yeah. Because that's a hobby that Cody and I shared for a very long time. Um, it was such a big hobby that we would devote way too much time to. Yeah. We did a lot of studying. We had the the Bible, a little mm-hmm. mushroom Bible. We went out. We were specifically after morels and chanterelles. Yep. Oh. I think how you got into it is interesting because just so that everybody knows, the way I got into mushroom hunting was because Cody was like, hey, grab a knife and a brush and let's go out and hunt mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) So that was easy for me. I just got into it by following him. But yeah, yeah, talk to us a little bit more about how you got into mushroom hunting. Well, I got into mushroom hunting because that's what my dad's job was for a while. A long part of my childhood when I was like, or like five to seven or eight or so, he was, he would go out and pick mushrooms. So I got to learn through him and I got to do it with him all the time and go and get where, mushrooms. Where were you guys picking primarily? Um, Florence on the coast. Okay. Oregon. P- yeah. People that don't know it's in, it's up in Oregon. Yeah. Um, we all, I mean, there was, there was times we'd pick in like Lapine and stuff too, if we're out hunting over there and stuff like mm-hmm. deer hunting and stuff, like we'd go in the middle of the day and go find some spots where he knew there'd always be mushrooms. And what were you guys primarily hunting out there? Out there, it was, uh, he called them pines, but they're called mazatakis. And, uh, yeah. So big money mushrooms. Yeah. 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 Um, very interesting tasting mushrooms, too. They have like a, uh, 
they taste like cinnamon almost. Really? Yeah. So they have like a sweeter taste. Huh. That's interesting. Mushrooms are crazy like that because everybody's like, oh, a mushroom tastes earthy. And that's about all they know to say about a mushroom. Like, oh, it's, it's such a robust, earthy flavor. Okay, what's the robust part about it? <laughs> Explain more. <laughs> you know, it's like earthy. Like, okay, cool. But then if you n- know someone that's actually had a chanterelle, they're like, yeah. wow, that tastes like chicken. Or like a steak, really. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, a- it's like a meaty mushroom. Yeah. Whereas you have a morel, it does have its earthiness that to it, but it's like a little earthy. bit more like buttery, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's like... Great eating mushroom. So yeah. you're saying that a shiitake, mm-hmm. mazataki. Mazataki, yeah. Mazataki tastes more on the cinnamon side. Yeah. It's got Were like you a guys sweet also taste. hunting lion's mane out there? Because isn't that kind of the area for it? Um, We never did lion's mane or bear's teeth is yeah. another one that looks like it. Mm. Um, those ones out there. I mean, you know, we do like chicken of the woods, things like that, which is a fungus that grows on a log. It'll always grow on like dead logs, basically. Gotcha and stuff so we'd find stuff like that too and then on the coast too you got like lobsters which are red mm-hmm. i don't really like taste them they're people say it's seafoodish do they taste earthy um yes. robust <laughs> and earthy <laughs> but they taste like seafoodish kind of fish it's kind huh. of an interesting, interesting flavor i don't really care for that much and then if we were up in like sandy oregon or something like that which is you know higher up in the mountains and stuff like that uh, we'd be getting like hedgehogs up there and stuff like that, which is also, it's close to a chanterelle, but just smaller. Oh, okay. And yeah. Yeah. Cody and I would go up and, uh, specifically go after the morels and stuff. And it's funny because if you ever hear someone refer to it as mushroom hunting, you're going to be kind of like, uh, is it hunting? But honestly, it kind of like Cody and I also used to bow hunt. It's it's very similar. You're walking quietly through the woods <laughs> and you're kind of scouring for signs of yeah. mushrooms. And once you know the the habits of the mushrooms, like you know the habits of a never deer or something. The habits from I could never figure that out still. I it started to get a little easier. But there were so many times in certain spots where we were like, you wouldn't think they would be, and then we were finding them like mad. That's like, true. That's true. So morels, it's funny because morels grow in fresh burns on south-facing sides yeah. of higher elevation. But then we'd find them in a valley on the north side where there hasn't been a burn there in decades. <laughs> so just like, well, I guess this is where they're growing now. I think it's less of a... This is their habit, and this is and more yeah. of like this is their spot. And they like like trampled earth too. So yeah. spots that have been walked on a lot too, they tend to like, mm. which is interesting and weird. Whereas like porcinis like to grow in in thick uh, pine, right? Like thick pine needles. I think so. Yeah. Do <coughs> sorry. Aren't those the ones that poke up through the pine needles? You get some that I mean, there's all sorts to do that. Like you can get like uh, beletes and stuff like that tend to pop and make like a little spot where you kind of almost dig them out. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, don't pull mushrooms out of the ground, right? It's a whole network. Cut them. And then they'll grow back. Cut your mushrooms. Most likely. Yeah. Hopefully. Morels, technically, you don't need to worry about it as much. Oh, really? Yeah. But because basically what you're doing with morel anyway is the seeds are falling out. When you're pulling them out of the ground? Yeah, their seeds are like coming out, their spores are coming out. Yeah. So it tends to make more grow in that area. So like a lot of times with morels, I found later on that like you really want like a netted bag almost to carry them around in because then you're spreading there. That's interesting. Yeah. So we were doing it wrong. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, 
Yeah, I, I will say hunting morels was more of a wander around, stare at the ground, yeah. try and find some, you know, morel type areas. Whereas chanterelles, I felt like I was just crawling on all fours underneath <laughs> <laughs> wet wet branches and stuff and finding them. Yep. Yeah, the the morels were like you find one, you walk, you find another, you walk, you yeah. find another. Chanterelles was like a little trail. Yeah. Like you're on all fours and you're like, I got one. <laughs> I got one. And then you go to the next one, you're like, I got this one. Yeah. Then you keep crawling and you're like, oh, there's another one. And then the next thing you know, you're like, yeah, on all four, just like <laughs> trunk, like crawling under stuff and just finding them. <laughs> it's a, it's like how I would have guessed a, a gold panner. Yeah. You know, oh, I got gold. Like yeah. and the same thing. You're just like, oh, it's just so exciting. You keep crawling. Whereas in Morel, you get that burst of excitement, but then it kind of dies off and you got to yeah. keep wandering and find more and stuff like that. But yeah. So once you got into it with your dad, mm-hmm. how long did you and your dad hunt mushrooms for? I mean, we'd always do it whenever I was in town visiting or stuff like that. I mean, like I'd come in town and so it's a continued go, yeah. hobby. It's a yeah. My dad still thing. does it. Okay. He still does it whenever he comes down and visits here. We went. Yeah, that's awesome. We went morel hunting when he came in June and. That's awesome. I found one this big. Kid you not? Well, okay, My so first one. He's holding the size of a Nerf football, uh, which is the second time in a show I've referred to something the size of a Nerf football. I don't know what it is. I have kids, so maybe that's what it is. It's like the Nerf size footballs. of a beer can. Yeah, basically. Um, what what kind of mushroom was it? A morel. What? What? I, yeah, I found the biggest morel I've ever found. That's insane. I and mean, I've actually found three of them, but two of them were dead. Because the biggest one I think I've ever found was i mean it was it was it was hardy but it was definitely not the size of a beer can yeah i also found a crap ton of blonde ones this year which i hadn't really found a whole lot in the past i know the blonde ones are the tastier ones yeah that's awesome yeah cody and i would uh hunt our morels get them bring them back and then make 30 pounds of mac and cheese with them (laughs) (laughs) 30 pounds of mac and cheese we'd dredge them we'd we'd make deep fried morels we'd uh we'd make like a bechamel out of it yeah yeah, we did everything with those those were good Mm -hmm. those are good those are up there on my uh things i miss most about oregon and uh, apparently there are spots to find morels out here i guess park city has a lot of good morel spots and we were actually just, I took Cody up to Snowbird, mm-hmm. and we were walking around there, and we found some some mushrooms. I don't know what they were, though. I'm, I'm not sure what they were either, but there was yeah. definitely a lot of different types. Yeah. So, there could, there could be spots. Yeah. There could be areas. I would think there is. Yeah. I would I mean, assume. Yeah. I would assume out here, for sure, because it's high desert. We got that, that yeah. atmosphere for it. It mm-hmm. doesn't rain as much, so we don't have that, you know, yeah. three days after a rain getting out there and, and trying to get after them. But yeah. where would you say... Uh, your hobby of mushroom picking has taken you recently. Have you seen some some cool spots because of it? I mean, I mean they're mainly the same spots we always kind of went okay. like up around. All right. uh, just to let everybody that know, area. Cody's spoiled by what he gets to see when he goes mushroom hunting, <laughs> and I was too. I mean, like yeah. I was just like, oh yeah, I go out to Howard Hyatt, kind of around that area and stuff like that. And then people would come out and visit and <laughs> see that spot and be like, holy crap, this is so beautiful. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that part of mushroom hunting is you're going to a spot that is out there. Out of the way. Yeah. And not on a trail usually, or you take a trail to get off the trail to go and mushroom hunt. Yeah, you're, you're seeing a lot more of nature than if you just went on a normal hike. Yeah, for sure. You got to pay attention to a lot more on the ground and kind of you know see where you're, where you're at. And you know what's funny this year? Bear Creek, like because of that fire that reached through. Yeah. All along that whole entire path, that walking path. Yeah. 
that goes right through the sides of the towns. Which is morels. Morels everywhere. All that hunting. So another thing with mushroom hunting hunting is nobody tells you shit about mushroom hunting. So you're welcome, guys, for actually telling you on a podcast about how to get into it and doing all of that. Because you'll talk to people and you'll be like, oh, you mushroom hunt? That's very interesting. Tell me more. And And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's like over here. Where? Like over here. That's all you're getting. <laughs> you're lucky I'm pointing east instead of west. <laughs> so you, you probably need to look in the west because they're probably <laughs> in the west. <laughs> I mean, like people, they they fucked with us. Yeah. We went out to Applegate multiple times trying to find in like these spots that people yeah. told us. It it clearly was not the spots. Although I found them on the Applegate yeah. one time. So but I mean, not but where yeah. we were looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we ended up finding them was just kind of sheer happen that we were turkey hunting. Yeah. And then we found them. Yeah. We were like, oh, this is, I guess this is the spot. Yeah. And then we kept going back there and kept finding more and more and more and I more. Mean, it was just like the area we hunted for uh, deer and stuff. Remember that time I found one chanterelle? One lone chanterelle in the middle of nowhere. Was that like near Copco? No, no, no. That was behind Talent. Yeah. You're talking up in the... Yeah, yeah. Behind, well, we'd yeah. never seen a mushroom up there like that. Yeah. And I found one. And I was we like, used to go up there and look for mushrooms and yeah. we found they kind of gave up. Yeah. Yeah, that whole area, it's like kind of a... Uh, a forested area. Yeah. Like uh heavy loggers go in there area, and, yeah. yeah and, and log the area pretty heavy. So yeah, you kinda you would have thought that would have been a good morel area for being yeah. like such churned and trampled mm-hmm. earth. Never really saw him up there. No. And boy hey howdy did we try. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely did. Yeah. Never really saw a whole lot of deer up there either. <laughs> oh, we saw some. We there did. Were... We, sorry, we never got close enough to some deer up there. <laughs> Well, there was the one as we turned the corner after leaving the car, mm. having a conversation, and literally looked over, and it looked at us and ran. Yeah, that was that. That could just be our hunting experience in general. Just yeah. so close all the time. Yeah, mushroom hunting though. When has it gotten you in trouble? And I know you got stories on this. So, like, let a rip, uh, tater well, chip. There was definitely some times when I was around like seventeen, eighteen, and I would go by myself. And I'd go around Florence area and stuff like that. And I remember one time specifically where, because you don't really want to get in other people's territories and stuff like that, because people who do it professionally can tend to carry guns and things like that. So you don't really want to just necessarily go tromping through the woods unless you know where you're at and you know what you're doing. So I was wandering through one time, straight ahead of me, there was a person who reached towards his side as he's walking towards me for what I assume is a gun. Yeah. And so I reached to my side, which unbeknownst to him is just a knife <laughs> in a big sheath. But he can't see that. So then I just stare him out and we just kind of went, circled around each other in a very big circle <laughs> and then went our opposite directions. But that one was uh, definitely a little scary. Yeah. You know, the Oregon woods in general can be, I'm surprised there's not more horror movies about the Oregon woods. Yeah. It's, it's some scary place to... I'll, a couple examples on on my part, one of which involves you, so we'll we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. But I, multiple times, I've been riding my my motorcycle, crested over a hill, and was all of a sudden kind of going downhill into a little valley. And there's just like a couple guys with guns, rifles, standing there, guarding their weed field. And I just kind of give them a wave, like I'm not going any further. Don't worry. Turn around and get out of there. Then the other time... <laughs> are we going to go Super Hobo Camp? <laughs> We're going to Super Hobo Camp. Another time, Cody and I are just tranching through the woods, having a good time. And we came upon 
Hobo Camp. I don't, that's what we called it. That's the what it was. was I don't too, know. It, it started out, and we didn't even realize how big it was. Yeah. We came down off this hill, and literally next to a tree was basically a little tiny outpost. We were like, that's weird. And then we walked up to it. And there was a, like a blow. The blowguard gun, gun was the scariest part because, like, of all the weapons you could choose to guard your your encampment, it, it, you know, it was like a it was like a sentry tower. Yeah, it was like it was this kind of little like just little, yeah, a little yeah. sentry tower with a with a blowguard gun in it. Yeah, and we just walk up, and I'm just thinking nothing would be worse than walking through the woods, stumbling upon this camp, and just getting hit in the neck with a needle and being like, what, and falling over. Yeah. We we were not unarmed on that one. We, we had our bows <laughs> we did and everything. Have our bows. But yeah, we came upon this hobo camp. There was that that blowdar gun, and I was just thinking, this is the last thing I want to do right now. And we walked through this camp. And I need. A, I don't think it's politically correct to call it a hobo camp. That's just what we, we named it. We don't it. know what it was. We yeah. don't know what it was. But there was like tents everywhere. Clearly outdoor latrines. There was like a stream, little tiny, tiny stream running through it, like runoff stream. Beds built underneath like logs and all Beds stuff. built under, and then there was like syringes everywhere yeah. and like uh, surgical tubing. Backpacks and everywhere. Backpacks. The crazy part is it looked like either they ran away from this camp and ditched it or they were just out getting supplies or something <laughs> yeah. and they were going to come back. But and as we kept going up too, we just kept seeing more and more, and a lot of them were older as we got up there. Yeah, like there you could definitely tell it was a camp at one point in time, but it had been like dismantled. Yep, a lot of trash, a lot, a lot of, of stuff. Trash. Uh, that so one was definitely a, that was bad. And we turned around and we left. And then here's the messed up part. I then took my now wife and was like, "You gotta see this." <laughs> took her there. I was like, "What do you think?" And she's like, "Why did you bring me here?" And I'm like, "Hobo camp, am I right?" <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, very romantic. Yeah. So, yeah that uh, that that's definitely a thing. Uh, the mushroom hunting thing, though, that's a thing too. That's you gotta watch it. Oh yeah, for you sure. gotta watch it because that. Oh, there was time I was tracked by a cougar once too, where I knew it was a cougar behind me. You could just feel it. Mm-hmm. It was like that time we were scouting and had our bows, and yeah. you just feel it. Yeah, it's it's and a different that's thing. When you go back to back. <laughs> if we die, we die together. <laughs> well, they won't come at you because they'll see you. <laughs> looking at them, they're not really aggressive that way usually, unless they're like in between their and their children or something, or they're like starving. Yeesh. Either way, I don't want to see that. Um, but yeah, the Oregon woods. It's it's more terrifying than you think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your what's your big old like you got a whole bunch of mushrooms and won the won the big the big jackpot. What's a what's a big win story for you on mushrooms? I mean I definitely, you know, it was a good time or two where I got like twenty or thirty pounds of chanterelles. Mm. You know, and sold them, made some money on them, all that kind of stuff. That was always fun and nice. Yeah. That's probably biggest jackpot i guess (laughs) i don't know i think mine was when we got all of those morels and took them to that diner where i got married oh yeah yeah. and we traded them in for lunch oh yeah that felt good i forgot about that one yeah i had asparagus soup they had really good asparagus soup but (laughs) that was a win (laughs) yeah that was a win that felt like a huge win for me yeah um yeah I mean, the other, you know, win is the fact we both have mushroom tattoos. There you go. Yeah. We both got our mushroom tattoos. See? Chin, chin. (laughs) How would you tell somebody who clearly is never going to go to your spot so you don't have to worry about it? How would you tell somebody to get into mushroom hunting? I'd want to say talk to locals, but that's not really going to help you much. It'll never help you. (laughs) Yeah, go that way. (laughs) It's definitely, 
I would suggest knowing where you're at and knowing the area where you're at, hiking it multiple times, not, you know, so you don't get lost, things like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a good sense of direction, well, it's it not, is only, not something it's to do. It's not only a good sense of direction, because you have a good sense of direction, <laughs> and I had to call you to the car one time. Yeah, that's true. It's not only just having a good sense of direction. Even if you have a good sense of direction, you're staring at your feet the whole time. Exactly. You're just wandering, looking down, trying to find a mushroom. That's so one key thing, too, is to look up occasionally and get your bearings <laughs> and know where you're Where am I at? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you feel a tingle on the back of your neck. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, go on. Sorry. How to get into mushroom hunting. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, as I said, it's that's kind of it. You just... You just want to figure out where you're at, and the hard thing is that you're gonna well, you're gonna have to go with somebody who knows how to mushroom hunt. You're never gonna do it by yourself alone for the first time because you don't know what that mushroom looks like specifically. Yeah, get a Bible, and because there are poisonous mushrooms, and you can really get yourself very sick if you don't know what you're doing. Yes, get a Bible. They sell them. I mean, I got yeah. mine at like a side of a road <laughs> bookstore or something, but yeah. They're they're great. I mean, where'd you did yeah. you just pick yours up from your dad or something or? Uh, somebody gave it to me a long time ago. We were talking about mushroom picking, and he was like, "Oh, check out this book." And then he just ended up moving away, so I just kept it because I was like, "Oh, oh yeah. there you go." Because an Audubon, like you, you know? look at you look at a false morel, yeah. and you look at a morel. <laughs> if you didn't know, you might pick the false morel. Once you know, like once you see the difference between the two of them, you're like, "Oh, that's clearly a false morel. That's clearly a morel." Yeah, but things like chanterelles are harder right. where you can get the ones that do have look legs that look very similar. If the veins know. don't go all the way down, they'll yeah. make you poop your pants for a decade yeah, exactly. and a half. Yeah. No. So, things like that. Get a get a mushroom Bible. It will save you a lot of toilet paper. find favorite. a friend who knows how to do it <laughs> Find a friend. <laughs> if you can't find a friend... And uh, earn their trust. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard part because... Uh, yeah, again, it's a very secretive community. It's crazy. Most most hobbies that I interview people about or most hobbies that people are into and I ask them about, it's so like, oh, I can't wait for you to get into this hobby. Let me tell you all about it. And this is what you need. This is what you need to do and blah, 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 blah. Mushroom hunting, not the, not no. the case at all. It's like, oh, you want to get into it? We'll figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> You're not, just figure it out. Yeah. And it, it's a lot to figure out. I would actually add to that and just say persistence yeah because it is very frustrating to walk around all day and not find anything and that's part of it like you're gonna walk around and not find anything Mm -hmm. even even some of the best guys that we talk to that once by the way once you have a spot and once you are mushroom hunting and like you have proof and all that kind of stuff, then the community opens up a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> but we've talked we've talked to old timers mm-hmm. that were like, "Oh yeah, I I haven't found anything in forever. Like yeah. <laughs> it's been a month and a half. I haven't found anything." And you're like, "Oh really? Well, where where do you get your chanterelles? Mm-hmm. I get my chanterelles. Wait, hold on. Where do you get morels? And then you're like doing that dance, or you're like, "I'm gonna tell you the truth, and you have to tell me the truth." Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I get my chanterelles up here. Okay, we get our morels over here. Thank you. Yeah, that's definitely a thing too. It's like uh, it's like trading Pokemon cards. I mean, <laughs> sometimes a lot of times too, like in local towns and stuff like that too. Like, I know Ashland would do that in Oregon, and they would do like the uh, the teaching, like the walking 
walking trails and yeah. teaching things. So yeah. you could do that too, potentially. And then like it puts you with somebody who's knowledgeable or hopefully should be knowledgeable on that kind of stuff too. So that helps too. That's true. Yeah. I think they do have foraging classes yeah. specifically. Yeah. And you know, foraging is what you're doing, doing when you're yeah. looking for mushrooms. So. And I mean, when you're out there doing that too, I mean, why not look for a wild asparagus? You know, why not? Yeah. Look for the other cool stuff that's out there. Actually, that would be kind of cool to get into around here is, is the foraging aspect because I mean, I just know the mushroom honey aspect. Yeah. I don't know the whole foraging side of things. And that'd be mm. cool to make a whole meal out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so on the foraging aspect, have you ever created an entire dish? Oh, by the way, Cody's an immaculate chef and has been doing it for... Around 15 years 15 or years. And yeah, if you ever get a chance, try Cody's cooking. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know if you want to shout out your work or not, but you can. He's a, he's a great chef. So, uh, but have you ever foraged for your own food to the point of an actual full meal or even like even a side dish or something? I mean, we've I created mean, a lot of meals out of yeah, our I mushrooms. Mean, as far as that goes, I've made, you know, chanterelle soup and yeah. done all that. And I've done, you know, soups and stuff with that. But I mean, you know, I'm adding other product right. that I didn't find, but you know, I've, I've definitely found like wild ginger used it. That's cool. I found, you know huckleberries and stuff like that i've done on berry things so mm. I, when i was a kid we used to go make pie after we get collect all the blackberries and stuff you know yeah so That's yeah awesome. i mean in that sense yes okay well good well good i've done at least a dish or two probably <laughs> <laughs> so enough about the mushrooms they're great and yeah. i love it but cody and i just did something this weekend that we haven't done in since eight you, years yeah since you've moved basically yeah I mean, I, so it I, it's been like before. five years or yeah. something like that, or four years. But we went and did some archery together. Mm-hmm. It was Which awesome. Was we bought a Target, uh, took the recurve out. just One of our most expensive, ridiculous hobbies. It is. And uh, yeah, Cody and I used to, literally, I'd get off school, and we would load up his Honda Civic with a bunch of archery stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we would go out to the woods and... Set up targets. And set up our targets and just start shooting. Yeah. And that was... That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. and A uh, lot of missing arrows. Tons and tons and tons of missing arrows. Man, mm-hmm. that's actually one of the reasons why we then got into fletching our own arrows. Yeah. And started actually... Uh, and then figuring out the tips of the arrows. And figuring out help. the tips, yeah. Remember the judo ones that wouldn't catch in the grass and they'd that's pop back? True, those were cool. Yeah. Those were awesome. But those were like small game arrows too, mm-hmm. which we'd eventually use on squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> And lizards. <laughs> and lizards and all sorts of <laughs> horrible little <laughs> creatures that probably shouldn't have felt our wrath, but did. Yeah. So how did you get into archery? I started when I was a kid. We always just, my grandparents' house, we always just had little kid bows and stuff. Like not, I mean, they were bows. They were just lightweight bows. They were like 25, 30 pound bows. Yeah. And like we'd have, you know, arrows and stuff like that. And then just go run around and just go into the woods and shoot. What we could. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how uh, I got into it, too. I mean, I had two grandparents that were very into archery. One of them, and we were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. One of them was, oh, yeah, go ahead. Grab my bow. Like, go, go mess around. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I would just take this bow and arrow and shoot it into logs and stuff like that and just wreck arrows. Yeah. I'd shoot them up in the air and watch them fall. Like, just stupid kid stuff. Yeah. And then my other grandparents were, like, into archery. Mm-hmm. So... It was a legit weapon. Like, don't ever mess around with it. Don't run around with it. And it was hard because at that point, I had already kind of gotten into archery. Yeah. So I'd go to their house. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. 
Like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, you're standing like a goon and just firing an arrow. Yeah. So my other grandparents were more into, like, the the technical side of archery and, yeah. and, you know, learning how to paint your face and, you know, do yeah. all the correct, Technique. here's how you yeah. stand, here's what you do, here's how you knock your arrow, here's where you knock your arrow. Yeah. Like, here's where you put it on the rest, all that. Mm. And it was great because I got kind of, like, the best of both sides. And then by the time I got up to Oregon, it was a hobby that dwindled out a little bit and then... Mm. Met Cody, and here we are, going out yeah. in the woods, shooting, shooting random targets. <laughs> I will say my grandma was always very strict on know where you're firing your they, Oh, for sure. For it was sure. never fire straight up into the woods and just be like, oh. Oh, no. The, I, unfortunately, I did that as a kid, so <laughs> I can't, can't claim otherwise. But what would you say to somebody trying to get into archery? Because we were just talking about this this weekend and i think you brought up some yeah. some good points there are cheaper routes now to get into it yeah. like well one if you're getting a compound bow you're never in a cheap target range mm-hmm. you're spending money and a lot of money but now you know they with some of the recurves and stuff they have you can get them cheap enough and you're spending a hundred something dollars yeah usually they'll come with arrows not always but then you can always get arrows and i found some cheaper ones on amazon that were not cheap arrows but cheaper than going to the store yeah but definitely you know I mean, talk to your local archery shop and stuff too you know i mean they'll, we did that always, all the time yeah, yeah. they'll always they were always the right very helpful yeah any of the ones we ever went to and you know not to point you in a direction maybe you didn't want to go but um always find a local archery shop because you can go to some of the big box stores and oh yeah they'll probably the like they'll set you up but man it's it's cool to support a local place for sure mm-hmm. but also those guys are not working there because they just need a job. They're working there because they're super passionate about, about archery. archery yeah. And you'll you'll get different styles while you're there. Like yeah. you'll get guys that are diehard traditionalist recurve hunters. And then yeah. you'll get guys that are like maxed out their compound bow to basically fire itself. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get guys that are all they do is target archery. And you'll get guys that do yeah. competition target archery. And it's cool because in those shops, you can usually find three or four dudes that all have their own niche or all have yeah. their own style or whatever. For sure. And it's cool to kind of get set up by somebody who's that passionate about it that they've made it their their whole job and their whole life. So I, that would be my suggestion on if you're going to go to a place, go to a local place. For sure. Yeah. And also, archery is, is, a, is a difficult thing to start and you're going to look stupid. <laughs> like, you're going to tear up the inside of your arm. Yeah. You're not going to know how to hold the bow. You're going to n- rest the arrow and knock it, and it's going to, like, flop off. <laughs> and you're gonna, don't worry about it. Like, archery is one of those things. The more you do it, the more you're going to pick up weights that are easier. Right. And everybody in that community started there. Yeah. So nobody's going to be like, oh, like, what are you doing? Everybody knows what it's like. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I, I hate to say this on this show, archery is so much less, like, bro mentality than like guns yeah in oh, that yeah. I've, i if you get heavy into like the compound part of it i feel like that's where it switches over a little more because then people are like oh you got one of those i got one of these it's better <laughs> like bigger. i've mentioned i've mentioned this on the show before that I'm, I'm not a i'm not a big gun guy i just i like guns i just don't know a whole lot about them nor do i really want to i don't really care um because i like archery yeah <laughs> but back when i had facebook right i i throw up pictures of me shooting you and I shooting together yeah. like at a target or something and people are like oh cool like archery mm-hmm. and then I throw a picture of us shooting guns 
in the comment section would explode. There were so many people critiquing the way that we were shooting gun. <laughs> we're like, nobody was critiquing our archery. Yeah. Nobody cared. Yeah. But then people are like, oh, you're locking your right elbow too tight. Like, you need to loosen up your right elbow. I'm like, I'm just out <laughs> shooting guns. Like, chill out. And they'd be like, oh, you got to watch. You got to watch how you're holding your elbow out. Like, if you hold your elbow out, that's wrong. You got to hold your elbow in, and you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to blah, 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 blah. Every single picture I posted of, like, the two of us <laughs> shooting a, a can out in the woods, people just blow it up. <laughs> and then I'd post a picture of us doing archery, and people would oh, oh, cool. Nobody was like, oh, roll your wrist to maximize, you know. <laughs> people didn't care. But guns, man. People, everybody that I know yeah. that owns a gun is an expert. <laughs> At being a <laughs> gun owner, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Please continue to be an expert yeah. in gun ownership. That's amazing. They're a real, they're, they're very, very deadly. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely know everything you can about a yeah. gun. But maybe ease up on the Facebook comments every <laughs> once in a while when someone's just out shooting can. Like, exactly. <laughs> I'm not training to go and, uh, you know, John Wick, the whole. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to do that. No, but uh, yeah, getting into archery. Mm-hmm. Right, go out and buy a, a bow. You talk to your local archery place. What'd you say the next thing is? Somebody who's just getting into it, they're they're taking it out. Maybe they're getting frustrated or something. Any advice on that? I mean, I mean, just keep practicing. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. it's advice for just about everything. Though it really is situation. Yeah. It's just not to let the frustration get to you and just keep practicing because eventually you will get it down. And eventually your grouping is going to get a little tighter mm-hmm. and it's going to feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. And all it's of a sudden you're better. like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. I will say when we just went and shot this weekend, I was, there were, there were some parts where I was feeling a little defeated yeah. and a little embarrassed because it's not like, it is like riding a bike. Like I know how to put an arrow in and start yeah. firing. It's not like riding a bike with the whole like honing into the target and yeah. getting your grouping in tight and everything. That it's definitely something was a little you, harder. You gotta keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of uh part of any hobby is you know you gotta keep up with it. Yeah. For and sure. you also gotta keep going with it. And then you gotta not feel shitty when you go out and your grouping sucks and yeah. you're not, you know, hitting the target every time. Exactly. And, yeah. Burying some arrows and ricocheting them off into the woods and <laughs> It's an expensive hobby for that, by the way. Yeah. It's an exp- you're going to lose some arrows. As you lose arrows, it gets more expensive. Yeah, for sure. But uh, what's a hobby that you've gotten into recently that you've been pretty excited about? Well, I started doing some frisbee golf, which is very entertaining. Okay. And yeah. also not referred to as froth. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Okay. I, I haven't heard it been it's referred slang, to as that. It's slang, but I've heard frisbee golfers like say, No! That's not what it is. <laughs> All right. It's a pretty nice community of people that I've met and stuff. And it everybody's is. really relaxed. And I don't want to say stone, but most of them are stoned. <laughs> I think it lends itself to that. <laughs> but it's pretty cool because they build these courses, like golf courses and things like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, where it's the same kind of rules. You know, you're, you're working on a par three and you want to get it there. You know, you know, three shots or better. So how does somebody, because I understand that there are multiple discs, yes, right? There are, you're not just flinging one there's disc. A, there's it's a driver like a, disc. Yeah, there's it's like a golf a mid, set. Mid-range discs. There's putt and approach discs. Putt and approach discs? Wow. Yeah, right. it, it literally is. Go- okay. It's based off golf, basically, yeah. and stuff. And the way that they have frisbees are shaped and their weights and all that stuff change how they fly yeah and they'll have four numbers on it one's like 
the first number is like the power that you throw it with. What? So, so like that's like how 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 hard, how hard you hard chuck it. Throw it. Yeah. Like you know your distance drivers are going to be full power. Full power basically. Your mid range is going to be you know you don't have to go full power to get it to go far and okay. stuff like that. And then same with the putt approach. With frisbee golf, is it like a designated course that you're on? Is it a golf course that also does frisbee golf or they, how they do you build, find these courses? There's, there's a lot of their own courses now. Like okay, the one on SOU is its own course. Southern Oregon University. And that's actually a professional course. That's a recognized course. Course, uh, Like recognized... In the community of, of that. There's like the... I, I can't remember. So there's like called, a, there's, national there's frisbee frisbee a national frisbee okay. golf. There's actually a national frisbee golf. Okay, cool. There are like huge competitions. People win money. People oh, like... People, right. that's what they do for their living. Wow. Like golfers. You know, like it's... That's it's cool. really that. All right. But way cheaper than golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can get... A good starter set of like three, okay, for like thirty bucks. That's and that's, that's all you're paying for. That's awesome. That's all you necessarily need. Thirty bucks. I mean, you what, do you pay to go on the course? Nope, none I've seen so far. It's just a free course. You just start. Yeah. You start, start a whole one and just go, and it'll it'll kind of guide you on the way of how like wow. what's in the way, what's trees, and you know like that. Is there an app that you use to like there look are at the courses? A bunch or? of apps. Okay, they're usable. I have UDisc is the app I have, I think. Okay. And it'll show me courses around me and stuff like that. And That's cool. They're, uh, like, how good of courses they are. If they're, like, people don't really enjoy those courses that much, it'll be, like... So they rate the courses. Yeah. That's awesome. And tell you how they play kind of thing. Does it tell you, like, hey, doggling left or something? <laughs> um, the app itself, if you have it on while you're playing, you can actually, like, it's supposed to, like, map the course... Tells you or shows you kind of like on like I think it's Google Earth even that's something awesome. it just like pops it up and shows you like where you're at. Hmm. But yeah, it's pretty fun. And then there's like the so the yeah so you want a smaller course so it's only it's only uh, nine holes. Okay. And then you get so the other it's ones. it's norm it's like normal golf like you have yeah. like eighteen or nine holes yeah. and you play it twice or whatever. Although I did see one with twenty one holes and I was like that's weird. But huh. do you score it like golf? Like yeah, your okay. bars and birdies and. Huh. Well, one, yeah. All right. Now, how does somebody get into it? I mean, do you just... Is there a place that sells these discs? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of places around sell them and stuff like that. Like um, like sportsman warehouse kind of places? Probably. Okay. Exactly. Right. I, mean, I, I would I would assume you could probably even find them at like Walmart, okay. Target, like those places too, really. Are there good sets, like golf clubs? Like, is there a brand that you would say like, hey, look for a Titleist or... Um, yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, just do your research. There's you know, different brands. I haven't delved into other brands yet. I've just been using the ones I started with. Okay. But those are very common when a lot of people have them. All right. Because I, this is, and I'm glad you, this is an, also a hobby we're talking about because I've seen Frisbee golf set up all over the place in Utah. Yeah. And I've always thought, man, I wonder what that's all about. Like, how, did, yeah. how does it work? Because I just see people throwing Frisbees, Frisbees yeah. at a chain catching yeah. device. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> and that sound when it hits those chains is magical. I, is it frustrating? Is the game is the actual thing, the sport frustrating? Because I could just picture myself launching one way past the stupid chain thing and getting very irate. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. You're gonna lose them. That's for sure. Okay, you know, I've lost a couple on the roof of SOU at one point in time. But it's 30 bucks for our complete set. Yeah, exactly. So and if you write your phone number on it, usually people will call you and return them. 
Yeah, you just told me a story about that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or people won't, and that's fine anyway. It was 10 bucks. <laughs> Somebody else has your, your yeah. Frisbee. <laughs> or you'll find some sometimes without numbers on them, and then you're like, well, that's a new Frisbee for me. There you go. Like, it's just how it is. It's how it's played, you know? And Do use, reuse, recycle. Exactly. All and that is one of the rules of uh, that game as well, is to pick up trash if you see it. I like that. And that's that is a good like rule one of their rules. Huh. Interesting. Also a very good game to just have a beer to. Yeah. That's always done and nice, and you yeah. can just sit there and kind of have a drink or two while you play. So it is like golf. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like golf. <laughs> Obviously on the SOU campus, you can't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe in a koozie. Again, we need to make koozies. Uh, multiple people have told me we need or to make koozies. Or you just make a mixed drink and you put it in a hydro flask. Yeah, but I mean, then we need to make hydro flask. We need one ounce pour hydro flask, one, one ounce pour koozies. We need yeah. a whole, whole, the whole lineup. Yeah, again, pay us money, please. We'll make you cool stuff and you can have it. So, yeah. Has your uh, Frisbee golf ever gotten you in trouble? Have you knocked out anyone's window? or? Nope. I, was, I just got a couple on... So you once I, I put one in the top of a giant, giant pine tree. Oh, which was that'll be a whole season before you get that back. Uh, it actually got back. Oh, good. <laughs> you didn't throw your it literally throw your was like shoe a, up the there next and big it got, wind storm. It got stuck. Oh, we tried so much oh, to yeah. hit it with the get down with sticks and stuff like that, but then you're just throwing your arm out by that time because yeah. it was way up there. Because it's a whole day of chucking, yeah. so you got to yeah. be. You want to keep your arm. Maybe conserve a little bit. Arm strength, definitely. And there's different ways to throw, which is really interesting, too. So, like, you can throw... Oh, what would you call this? Underhand? Underhand. Or you can throw overhand. Okay. Like, I throw overhand, so, like, I throw this way. Like, flick it. Yeah. Okay. But, like, the buddy I go with does the underhand. Huh. And we both play very well, and we do generally around the same. So, it's like darts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's can, different ways to do. You can throw the correct way, or you can throw my way. Yeah, exactly. And get laughed at it in bars. I've seen the professionals throw my way, so I'm like, I don't feel like, I'm like, okay, that's okay. kind of where I learned I've it. I've never seen anyone throw darts the way I've thrown them. And no, I've never seen anybody yeah, do that either. I think there's a reason. But the fact that it works is it works. insane. It works really well. It's <laughs> the only, I mean, like, this, the, the traditional, you know, putting the hand in front of your face and flinging the dart outward from your face, mm -hmm. I, that's the proper way to do it. And my way of, like, I don't know, flicking it out from under me is the not proper way yeah. and it, it still works but i still get laughed at every time i do it at a bar so whatever but yeah that's a, it's a fun one i think you should probably pick up frisbee i'm gonna golf. try i'm actually gonna try frisbee golf there's or, a lot you know, of if you ever you know when you come out next we can always do that there too. we go there we go i feel like it's a you definitely want to deal with somebody it's not it's gonna yeah. be boring by yourself yeah kind of thing. i've done it by myself a few times but it's that was when i was learning and i really just wanted to get out and it's practice not as more. much fun but I, I still had fun. Oh, well, don't get me wrong. But like when you're with somebody else, it's, you know, because then you're keeping score against somebody else's score kind of thing. Yeah. Makes it a little more challenging. And All right. Makes you want to drive a little harder for it, you know. But. And is there like a big accomplishment that you've done recently in Frisbee golf? Like have you parred something that you've been pretty proud of or? Um, yeah, there's some fun ones where you get like, well, I haven't lost my disc golf in a pond yet and there's good some ponds you have to throw over in some of them no oh, which is all right so you're the pond master oh i wouldn't say that <laughs> but there's also some on the back of sou where you're literally throwing over nothing but blackberry bushes Ooh, and you're trying to fun. sail it across oh man people so, that don't know uh a blackberry bush it's a lot of fun yeah you don't really want to cram around on those to find no. that ten dollar mm -hmm. I think I'd just give it up. Yeah. That's basically what you do. <laughs> and then some, for some reason, somebody will call you anyway and be like, I found it. And you're like, <laughs> like, what do you look cool. like? Are you just covered in scratches right now? 
Like thanks to you. Attacked by a cat. <laughs> I gave up on that one. <laughs> wow. All right. But yeah, so, there's some like nice ravine ones too, where you throw like over like ravines, like these giant like you know. Oh, that's cool. And then just go straight across. Yeah, and you're just like trying to get like crossed, and then like the other later numbers on it too are interesting too because it's like, it's which way it'll like go. It'll either go left or right. Oh, so the frisbees will actually have like, like a, a number system on it to tell you if it has a left glide or a right glide, so you can get around trees. That's that's do, ridiculous. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really neat in that sense. Huh. All right, and do you get a run, like kind of get a running start to throw it, or do you have to stand still? Yeah, uh, no, you don't have to stand still. I, okay. I mean, like definitely, you know, there's a little like platform that you're gonna throw from, like a tee box, like a tee box. Yeah, all right. So you could do like the happy go more style, where you could get a little of a. Shh. Okay. That's usually how I do it. I all don't right. really just stand there and go because you don't really get the oomph behind it. Yeah. But I get the little like run up and, and sail it. That's cool. You and then you just kind of kind of keep an eye on it. Don't ever get green ones. You're gonna lose them in grass. <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> Unless you're playing in like a dirt area, then green is. Good. Do they make light up ones? I've heard they do. I haven't really looked into it yet. Because I mean, be like fun. they they make light up knocks yeah. for archery. I'm sure they probably they make do. light up bocce balls. I, I'm I'm sure that they're out there. I just the cool only the thing dark. would be like how it would affect the frisbees. Oh, because of the weight. Yeah. Yeah. See, like this is all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a real legit like everybody's putting some time and thought into yeah. this uh this sport. And just looking at the the disc too once you start doing it and like looking at like the different styles and stuff too where you can get one disc that's like they'll have like a name. Okay. Be called like the Valkyrie or something like that. You know, they all have like really cool names <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And uh you can get like the Valkyrie and you can get it in different weights. So if you feel more comfortable throwing with a heavier one, that's what you're going to get. Uh, like bowling. So you can find like the weight you want kind of. Yeah. Like heavier bowling balls. And, yeah. yeah. But okay. it's like, the weird thing is it's like, I think 165 grams to like 175 grams or something like that. Like okay. the weights. Yeah. That's like, that's like the weight. So you could just take so 180 grain vinyl and chuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like it's like something like that where it's just so weird and it's just like. Do some have like holes in them or. I haven't like seen any. Fins with, or I, I haven't know. seen any with holes in them. I feel like we need to start customizing this world <laughs> I, I think that would actually be against the rules oh so you, you have to stay within a parameter for these discs i'm sure yeah okay i'm sure that's you know why they're gotcha i, I don't think you take just a regular old frisbee and just go out there and be like ha oh wow okay yeah. all right so do you have to chuck your putting one into the the chain or can you chuck like a distance one into the chain you can t- do a distance one it's okay. gonna be harder well, I in mean, like, what if yeah. there's, like, a hole-in-one situation or something? Yeah, yeah oh, you can get holes-in-one. Have sure. you ever done a hole-in-one? I have not. I have Ooh, watched okay. a kid do it, though, oh. at SOU. And, man, that kid Did was everybody just so excited. Lose their yes. shit? <laughs> I feel like I would lose my shit. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty impressive. It was yeah. on a par three, and he just... And that was the one where I lost it on the building, because it's a yeah. weird throw where literally you're, like, right next to the road. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. And so you're throwing it, you, uh, the dorm you used to live in. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, that building, that little alleyway behind it. Yeah, you're right there, and you're throwing it along that whole alleyway oh, kind of thing onto okay. the hill up there. Yeah, and yeah, no, that one was a, it's a nut, it's a, it's could, a hard one. All right, that's cool you're though. You're gonna scratch up your frisbee along the ground or the ground if you. How do you miss. you miss the cars and stuff? 
just oh okay <laughs> i haven't hit a car yet but that is definitely one of those yeah. things in some of those spots when you're throwing i would be so upset you're, if you're a just, frisbee you're, just car. you're so nervous <laughs> and you're like that affects it too you know because yeah. the last thing you want to do is nail somebody's car and just like, i would i would yeah. definitely nail someone's car it's a good thing i'm not doing this sport right now <laughs> just wreck someone's car but, but so, you cool. know, there's a lot of like courses too where you're nowhere near a road and stuff like that yeah. too, and get up in the woods. And there's like... a great course up at a uh, solitude here in Utah mm. that's pretty neat. It's on a on a mountainside, yeah, a mountainside. And the only reason I know about it is because I've been mountain biking up there mm-hmm. and just seen frisbees fly past me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, geez, there we go. So yeah. it's a downhill course, I guess. Mm-hmm. You ride the ski lift up and then. Walk down the course throwing your oh that's interesting yeah, yeah it's cool yeah so now I'm gonna get into I think I'm gonna look into this sport I'm gonna figure out somebody to take with me yeah Tom's not here today as you all noticed maybe I'll I'll get his ass out there yeah so yeah or you'll just have to come visit again yeah. and do that For that'd sure. probably be the better route to go any hobby that you've been thinking about getting into that you want to get into nothing I can think of I don't think I've I mean that was definitely the newest hobby I've come across and okay. And I dived right in. I only started back in like spring. Because, yeah, I mean, we haven't touched on a lot of your hobbies. You recently yeah. got a mountain bike. So oh, yeah, I got a mountain that's bike. That's one you're going to oh, get yeah. into, right? i get into that a little more. Yeah. Good luck that's with that. Sure. Yeah. I'm excited to hear more stories about Cody mountain biking because <laughs> that's a hobby I'm very into now. So yeah, that I'll get enough. into a little of your hobby. You get into a little of my hobby. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a way to play it. With frisbee, frisbee golf, golf. <laughs> on a mountain bike <laughs> that'd be awesome We're, we might just have unlocked a new hobby and we might have yeah well very cool um i'm excited that you got to do this uh i know that it's been a long weekend of of debauchery and we're both not on our a game today <laughs> we're, we're both very sweaty right now <laughs> we're both very sweaty and very uh you probably heard drew burp a couple times uh, yeah oh i it's been bad it's been really bad. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like shying away from the mic as I do it, but you might still be picking at mine as well. <laughs> you could probably smell it through the freaking <laughs> microphone. Uh, oh, so Cody used to, uh, you heard me refer to him as Cody in the corner. He used to be on my radio show back when I had a radio show in college, mm-hmm. and we used to call him Cody in the corner. Yeah. And he would just say something sultry into the mic, and that was about it. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would add little little chirps of things. <laughs> Little chirps of love noises, but one day we were knowledge sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes one day we were in the studio. I think there was a long weekend of drinking there, and Cody was like refueling his body with nothing but energy drinks and uh, pepperoni sticks. Yeah, pepperoni sticks. He farted out of his mouth is the only way I can describe it. That's the only way I can describe it. It was the worst smell I've ever smelled my entire life. So your hobby should be clearing rooms (laughs) with burps. And it's come this close a couple times this weekend. It hasn't hit that level yet, but it's come close. I've been avoiding a couple times this weekend where I've been like, "Why? What is wrong with your body?" We <laughs> also haven't been stuck in too many small rooms together, so. except for right now. So yeah. yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah, but uh, thanks for joining the one ounce pour. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and don't forget to uh, drink it one ounce at a time. Mm-hmm.